Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Good to Know Shreveport Bossier. This is a podcast that showcases all the good things, the positive things happening, in, happening around our community because there's just too much negativity in the world. My name is Jeff Bynfor. Over here to my right, this is my co-host, Paul Reeser. He's a I'm getting tired of seeing this. He's uh, used to own a whole bunch of Sonics restaurants. And I need a new job that you can refer to. <laughs> you really do need that. Anyway, he's a member of the Committee of 100. In every podcast, we focus on uh, topics and initiatives having positive impacts on our community. Like I said, just too much negativity. So we're trying to be positive. Now, we have new episodes every uh, uh, available every other Wednesday. You can find Good to Know wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch the video version at ktbs.com. Paul, do the honors. Well, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> and I do need to get a job or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're really, really <laughs> bugging me here in the studio. Okay. We'll work on it. But, you know, it is fun because every week we learn something new about the area. I certainly do. And today, something new we're going to learn about actually is the uh, Pioneer Heritage Center. If you ever think about it, when people think of Louisiana, they always say, oh, Louisiana, and they think about South Louisiana. But mm, North Louisiana right. has great pioneers and heritage, and we're going to hear all about that today with uh, the director of the Pioneer Heritage Center, Marty Young. Marty. Yes, thank you all for having and me. And you're Welcome. decked out as a pioneer, man. I, I like it. I am. Thank you. Um, this is one of my toned down outfits for, uh, <laughs> for, for usually. Usually I can go, I mean, I can go full out. I mean, I have a pioneer made backpack, <laughs> the whole nine yards, leather bags. Well, yeah. um, what, what, what is the Pioneer Heritage Center? Yeah, so the Pioneer Heritage Center program started in 1977, joint project with the Junior League of Shreveport um, and the LSUS, the university. Mm -hmm. And um, so our main focus, though, is we focus on, like you said earlier, we focus on the pioneers that settled northwest Louisiana. So we mm -hmm. have seven historic buildings that all relate to the pioneers that settled here, and we do walking tours through those buildings. They're all outfitted with artifacts. So, hmm. so I guess when you think pioneers, you think... Uh Texas, the Wild West, that kind of stuff. Right. So most people, when they throw out the term pioneer, you know, that's what they think. They always think of that true, what we call westward movement, as in going west, gold rush, the yeah. things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to remember, <clears throat> you had to get to a point before then to, get to go there. there. Yeah. So, um, you know, so you had the, the 13 original colonies, and then it expanded from there. And then it Louisiana Purchase made in 1803, which opened up the basically the entire central United States. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, after the purchase was made, it was Mississippi River West. I mean, people just yeah. started pouring out across the frontier. Well, Northwest Louisiana was the frontier for just a minute, right? Oh, for sure, so, for sure. So, I mean, America. almost as important as like St. Louis. Yeah. Um, Shreveport. My hometown? Yeah. Shreveport became <laughs> a, a, a long <laughs> spot, too. I mean, that's where, um, you know, a lot of those pioneers coming through would settle. I mean, you consider mm -hmm. that Highway 80, or what is now Highway 80, was a wagon train trail. So that's <laughs> parts of it still are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like it, right? Yeah, let's see the Department of Transportation <laughs> about that. Uh, so how would you describe an early pioneer of Northwest Louisiana as opposed, well, don't even opposed to them, but, you know, we think about Cajuns and right. Acadiana, <clears throat> but North Louisiana pioneers, where would they be coming from? So, so we, we let's, let's picture that imaginary line. Mississippi? That we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of them came well. through Mississippi. So, you know, imaginary line, you know, of... Um, we always kind of make jokingly, you know, governmentally, you say if we're above I-10, you know, you really don't kind of in the state, you know, if it's Baton Rouge <laughs> South, you know, right? Well, that's a large so, uh, part of it. So you kind of do that, that imaginary line. Um, and then, um, so for us, it was Scotch-Irish um, that came through. So they were coming out of the Piedmonts, early settlers in the Piedmonts uh, along the Appalachians. And then they started funneling 
southwest. They dropped down along, you know, the agricultural belt and then just traveled along coming to northwest Louisiana. A lot of people wonder, why northwest Louisiana? I mean, there was a lot of good things here. I mean. Where did the term, I'm, I, forgive my ignorance, but where did the term Cajun come from and what does it actually mean? So you're talking South Louisiana, you know, that's the Arcadiana, so that oh, okay. was a lot of yeah, big okay. French influence um, and early Spanish influence. Okay. So um, um, that's where, you know, that term originates. I'll be honest, I don't focus on South yeah, Louisiana. So we don't talk about that here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Pioneer Heritage. Everybody hears it. about that. They yeah, say, oh, Louisiana, like, you're from New Orleans. Is there an alligator in your yard? I'm like, right. <laughs> there is an, oh, and do you know Jeff Bimeford? That's the third <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, there's a billboard with that I question. I do get alligators, and I do know Jeff Bimeford, but I live <laughs> nowhere near New Orleans. Right, so, you have to tell about it. We're six hours north of New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. that's true. Yeah. So, but you know, but those early pioneers, you know, they, they came in, like I said, coming through the Piedmonts, coming through that southern belt, coming here because there was huge amounts of untapped timber here. Always, even in droughts, there's usually always water available here. Mm -hmm. um, the soil was agriculturally sound for growing you know, mm -hmm. lots of things. My grandfather one time told me, he says, when I was a kid, you could put rusty nails in the ground and grow a shrub with ambles on it because <laughs> the soil was so fertile, you know, okay. so, so, you alluvial. know. Alluvial, was that alluvial soil? Yeah, all alluvial, you know, Red River. What? That's right. You know. <laughs> what was that word you used throughout there? <laughs> oh, that's one. That, that's the scientific word for the day. That's the scientific word for the, <laughs> uh, <okay>. the <laughs> silt that comes from the from alluvial. the river that it washes mm -hmm. down. It makes the it makes the land very fertile. It's good ah, for growing well, I cotton. I've never heard that word before. Well, should have li listened in civics when you were in eighth grade. You <laughs> well, I didn't, I, I didn't go to school in Louisiana. So that's true. Probably why. Not a lot of alluvial soil <laughs> in yeah, St. Louis. Apparently not. Yeah, I came from St. Louis down to Mississippi. That's right. I'll funnel down this way. So. Pioneer Heritage Center, uh, is this a place where you have actual exhibits or, okay, tell us. So we have I, what we call, we're pretty stagnant, and I say stagnant, our static exhibits, um, in the sense that we have our seven buildings, we tour through six of those buildings, okay. um, and uh, all the buildings are outfitted, so we want a person, a visitor when they come, to get the experience of what it was actually like to walk into the one of these buildings okay, when so the pioneers used it. Okay, so the buildings themselves are, are the exhibit, I guess. Right, yeah. so in everything that we have at the Heritage Center, um, all the artifacts that we have, which is over about 10 to 12,000 artifacts that we have, wow. um, and were all donated to us. We purchased nothing, including our buildings. Our buildings were even donated to nice. us. Mm -hmm. So we moved them all within roughly a 60 mile radius of the university so we could just keep on that focus of Northwest Louisiana. It's, it's called a museum on your website, but the museum <laughs> is in fact the six buildings? Correct. And where are they located, on LSU campus? They're on the LSU campus. LSU so S. the easiest way, uh, yeah, on LSUS's campus, the easiest way to, to, to say it is if you know where, they, uh, where all the kids play soccer on the back 33 acres of the campus, Balloon Rally, where the Balloon Rally is yeah, held, right. there's a fenced-in area that has our, our seven buildings in it, right there on the corner, right kind of across from the B, uh, BSU, right off of East Kings. And are they restored like completely, or like they were like brand new, or did they look? So, um, first arrival, yes, they were restored to look brand new. Um, but there's some quirks to that. But As a preservationist myself, you want to get buildings. them weathered to look. Because you, yeah, you yeah. want them to yeah. look like they did when when folks walked in, you know, mm -hmm. walked into them. So, um, so they all have some great age. I mean, you consider we've been there 46 years. So. Uh, you know, and over that 46 years, we've collected those seven buildings. So they all have some age. We've done some major renovations on several of them over the years. So this is actually part of LSUS, I guess? Yes, it is. I, I am an employee of LSUS. Okay. 
So, um, and I've been there for quite a while. Um, I've been there, I pulled it up yesterday just so I could get my timeline right. <laughs> 23 years and nine months is wow. how long I've been working for LSUS as an as a employee of the Pioneer Heritage. How Center. did that all come about? I mean, what was the genesis of the idea for doing something like that? So, like I mentioned earlier, it was a joint project with the Junior League okay. and, um, and the university and the junior league, um, you know, they work on projects for a set number of time years or whatever, and then they 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 move on. They worked on ours a little longer than than expected, and a lot of the ladies stayed on. But the the whole idea of that was there's just not a whole lot written about Northwest Louisiana in a Louisiana history book, okay. and they yeah. they knew the importance of we really needed to save the the idea of the history of Northwest Louisiana. And of course, you look at the year, well, we started the project in 77. Well, in 76, that was the bicentennial. Right. Mm -hmm. So everybody was doing mm -hmm. restoration projects and things, helping to preserve American history. So um, so they kicked off, approached the university and says, hey, this is an idea we have. And they found the first building, which is the Caspiana House. Um, and from there, we, we gathered the other six. And then eventually, the, believe it or not, the Smithsonian got involved. Really? Um, the Smithsonian, um, came in and kind of, you know, they were appro they approached the Smithsonian and the Smithsonian says, well, look, if you're going to be building a historic entity of to save this area or this region's history, here's kind of a list of what we suggest, some things that you need to, mm -hmm. to, to look for to, to, to try to gather. So we've tried to stick to some of that. Some of it is a little large, you know, you have a cotton gin on there. Well, that's, that's a pretty big undertaking to get a, you know, get that on campus. Mm -hmm. But we've, we've stuck pretty close. So we have those seven buildings. We have a general store. We have a working blacksmith shop, which is what I was doing this morning for yeah. a homeschool group. How about the general store? Is that functional or is it just for people yeah. to walk is through? It and you walk in, but it, we have it decked out about 95% complete with shelves and items on it and the whole nine yeah. yards. So you get the, the full effect when you walk in to, to see it. Post office is in there. Nice. Um, so we have our that in our blacksmith shop. We have a log cabin, a log dog trot, which is our oldest building, built in 1850. Um, Two-room log cabin, very typical of this area. A lot of German influence you can see in that, that construction. We have the Caspiana house, and then we have our detached kitchen. We have a doctor's office, and we have a, a chapel that was donated to us by First Baptist Shreveport. Wow, so all of this stuff was just like sitting somewhere else and it got moved to the LSU. <laughs> it campus. was moved, moved for preservation. So we have two of our buildings on the National Historic Registry. So uh, that's the log dog trot and the Caspiana house, and they're on the registry. Even though we moved them, we were still able to get them listed because we moved them for preservation's sake, okay. to save them. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like a complicated <laughs> process to, to get this stuff done. It, it is, it, it can be very detailed um, when you start looking at moving, Bill. You know, I mean, there's one thing to sit there and say, hey, we need this, and, and you know, somebody says, oh, well, I have, one of those sitting on my place, I'll donate it to you. And then, you know, and mm -hmm. the ball kind of gets rolling. But when you start talking National Register of Historic Places and things like that, mm -hmm. that starts getting a little bit more inclusive in some things that, you know, because then you have to sit there and say, okay, well, we're bringing this building in. And they're like, and there was an extra wing added to it. And the, you know, Historic Registry goes, yeah, but if you want to list it, it has to be original 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 okay. or as close to original as you can get it so mm -hmm. for instance the caspiana house had a wing on it but we weren't able to include that okay. because the house they wanted it to be in its kind of original functioning look what was i got a what, uh, log dog what are you talking a about? log dog trot You're okay what are you talking about there? so a log dog trot is a very typical style home that you would have seen um, in this area and throughout the piedmonts uh, so a log dog trot is you have a room on the left side of the house, a room on the right side of the house, 
all under one roof with an open central hallway right between the two rooms. And it goes out to an open back porch and an open front porch. So the dogs can run And the out. dogs, most likely that's how it got its name okay. was, you know, because um, everybody had dogs. And if you did not um, take them out at night to yeah. go raccoon hunting or whatever it needed, you know, <laughs> they got restless because they laid around the house all day long. Yeah. And then they chased each other back and forth or chased possums and skunks <laughs> or whatever else came up on the porch. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So they probably, somebody along the way said, Long well, I got to get trot. back to the old dog trot. And, I've never heard of that. And, you know, in the true Southern style, let's hang it, let's hang that nickname on there and it becomes official. Okay. <laughs> How about that? So if you do a Google search today and you pipe like log dog trot cabin or log dog trot home, you'll, it'll, it'll score it. Interesting. Did they do that just to, so they would have an under roof? kind of a large porch just it, a place it, to sit where they'd have the air outside because it's right so that Louisiana. does serve as that hot, air conditioner too hot to be inside yeah right so nobody really just sat around inside unless it was the winter months yeah. and it's also when you look at the construction of it you can add six more rooms to the house without adding any more framework you could wall in the back porch on either side mm-hmm. there's two rooms you could wall in the front porch which nobody usually ever did because that was a social area and a place where you worked but there's mm-hmm. two more rooms and if you took the gable on the inside above the ceilings up mm-hmm. inside under the roof you could add a loft on both sides so there's six rooms you could add to the house For expansion in yeah. case when the kids start growing up and they don't move <laughs> off <laughs> right well, actually our dog trot has an extra room on the back and we refer to it as the mother-in-law room <laughs> <laughs> so how hard is it working or not hard how difficult is it working with the Smithsonian, because you're working with the federal government. So. Yeah, so um, <laughs> luckily a lot of that was done before I got there. Ah, good. Um, I've, I've had a few a few inklings um, with it, and um, difficult's a great word to use. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot I of bet. paperwork, probably. So can anyone come and visit these buildings anytime? Is it open or? Yeah, open so we, we, do, um, we do tours by appointment. Our number is on the gate. You can also find us on the LSU website. Um, but um, we, we do our tours, and I, um, we do tours by appointment only strictly because half our staff is talking with y'all today. So it's just... It's, <laughs> you and uh, one other person. Right, right, it's myself and my assistant, Deborah, and uh, we've worked together for a long time and we, we're, we're very compatible uh, as working. But So we just do mm-hmm. it by appointment because on top of running the museum full-time, I mean, I do have you know other duties for the campus that I have to do. I mean, so I have an office too, so you know, okay. it's not mm-hmm. always... Um, you know, just sit over there and wait for somebody to come in. So yeah. we have, uh, yeah. you know, we have an inventory to, to maintain. We are, we, you know, we're gathering artifacts. We're doing research um, for for stories mm-hmm. and things that we can do. So. Well, it's important. I mean, it's obviously it's important to preserve your history. Although yeah. a lot of people kind of want to rewrite history these days. Yes, but uh, I'm not one of those. So I think that I, I applaud you guys for doing this. Well, you know, you know uh, we have no we have no objections to um, uh, telling more of the story, mm. um, but um, we're not going to make stuff up. To right, tell more of the right. story, you know. I mean, if if we can research it and factually base it, then yeah, we'd love we mm-hmm. love to include new stuff in our tours. I mean, sure. that's that's what it's about. So what what would a what would a tour look like? You said you had thirty thirty. So this morning I had about morning. thirty uh, school age kids along with some parents uh, homeschool group today. So mm-hmm. um, general, we start off in the general store. That's kind of our welcome center. Dropping the hat of some um, backtracking of Louisiana history, basically. Louisiana purchased forward at a pretty rapid little pace just to get to where we can talk about some Shreveport history. And then we, um, we talked Shreveport history for just a little bit, a lot about the building, a lot about what the pioneers would have done in the general store, questions and answer out the door, and then on to like the blacksmith shop where we do a demo in there where we blacksmith and take questions and answers. And then we move on to the log cabin, 
from there to the big house, big house to the kitchen, big uh, kitchen to the doctor's office. Uh, and it's, you know, and all mm -hmm. of them are outfitted with artifacts. So um, sometimes mm -hmm. it's not just, um, you know, depending on, you can get a vibe for your kids and mm -hmm. the people there, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so we have some artifacts that, you know, you can't maybe to discuss with um, <laughs> yeah. school age kids. Yeah. Um, but then, well, what, uh, what kind of artifacts are you, are you trying to keep from Jeff and I that we're not? <laughs> well, wait a minute, I'm still a school age kid. So. <laughs> well, I'll give you, a, I'll give you, I can give you a great example. I mean, how candid can we be here? You know? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you, you, so discretion is the better part. Of okay. Valor. So, um, so we have a, <laughs> a, a a small medical bellows in our. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you have to say anything else. <laughs> Where you get your term blowing smoke up. Yeah, I get oh, it. that's where yeah. you get the term. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so it's it's from a set of medical bellows, and I <laughs> I found the uh, found found those. So that's on a, a good thing. Obviously, you're telling a person. So uh, I can't yeah, I tell gonna, that to a school age. I was going to ask about that. But in an adult group, yeah. I can I can tell those yeah. kind of things. So it's pretty. You. So you you actually blacksmith. Mm -hmm. You you fire up the. You do that mm -hmm. yourself. I do. Wow, okay. I've been blacksmithing for about sixteen years. So when you blacksmith, I mean, other than seeing some guy pound on a horseshoe, like what are you, ta are you doing? So like today when we, when we did it, so generally I have to do something pretty quick and easy when we do a, like on a tour or when I'm away, we do an abroad thing for the museum too. So I have a portable, as portable as you can get blacksmith equipment. Okay. Um, portable set of blacksmith equipment. So I go to schools a lot and do a lot of programs. So we make things quick and easy. So I usually make some sort of simple, like a kitchen tool or a, um, a tool that would be like in the general store. Generally what I call them is they're pickle pickers, just for getting pickles out of a pickle barrel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or I'll make nails um, and you know, cause yeah. you know, you, when you tell the kids, all right, so Pioneer walks into the blacksmith shop and says, um, all right, I'm, I have a project, I'm building a new fence and I need a thousand nails. The blacksmith has to make a thousand nails. Yeah, wow. He didn't run the lows, or you know. Now, yeah. of course, you could order them once. You know, as the industrial age really pushed forward, then you get into things like cut nails and stuff like that. You know, and they would do by the kegs. But prior to that, I mean, they were making just something as simple wow. as nails. Yeah. What attracted you to to doing this? To the blacksmith or doing the no, heritage to, center? No, the, the heritage center. But oh, even beyond that, just preserving history and bringing it to life the way you're doing So I was very fortunate, grew up with um, parents that were um, very history oriented themselves. Mm -hmm. um, both my parents um, very super involved in family genealogy and, and doing things like that. So a lot of vacations were planned around genealogical mm -hmm. findings and you know going to find things. Um, but my parents never shied away from, oh, a historic site, let's stop. Mm -hmm. You know, let's do this. And so um, I just kind of grew up around it. I was super fortunate. I had grandparents that still lived rurally when I was growing up. And I took an interest in their lives very early on and spent summers, you know, hanging out with them and working the farm and doing things. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of came natural. Um, I was always a history buff myself just growing up. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started volunteering um, for the Heritage Center as an undergrad at LSUS when I was there. Mm -hmm. And um, lo and behold, eventually it turned into, hey, do you want to come work for us? And here yeah. I am 23 <laughs> years and nine months later, That's cool. um, you know, doing it. So, yeah. it, you know, just just a, a good foundation of, uh, you know, parents' encouragement. I mean, you know, you know, you don't ever hear anybody say, hey, I'm getting into history to make money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know what, it's not a bad, it, it should be that way. All right, it's not a bad gig at all. No, um, no, no, I, I just mean, we should be able to make money with history yes. because it's important to, I've said this before, but we just forget too much. We've got to keep that. 
Well, alive. It, it is, and it's, you know, one of the scary things, and I say scary things is, you know, and you know, you hear people say this all the time, and I used to hear people say this, you know, uh, other living historians and things, and I never really thought about it, but the longer I've been there um, in my career, um, you know, you ask kids, you know, when you're doing the kitchen tour, you know, where do you, where do you, where do you get milk from? And they go, the store, <laughs> mm. yeah. you know, or um, right. we, had a, we had some a while back that didn't know that, because we talk about pickling, because <clears throat> it's easy to do, you know, yeah. and we talk about you go to the store, you buy pickles. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't that easy for the pioneers. They had to plant the seeds, grow the cucumbers, make their vinegar, you know, do the, yeah. do the whole, the whole, the whole run. And, uh, and one of the kids goes, raises his hand and we're like, yes. And he goes, are you telling me that pickles come from cucumbers? Uh, yeah, yeah pickles come from cucumbers, yeah. you know, wow. I mean, yeah. they're like, I don't like cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> but I like pickles. But yeah. I love pickles, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so yeah, it's very important that, you know, that they, they know this. I mean, cause you know, I, I'm a firm believer, you know, you, you don't study history, you don't learn history. You are doomed to, to repeat repeat some of it and repeat just, bad stuff right yeah. you know and so and you know mm -hmm. and of course i always look at it like this too if <laughs> something ever really just took a nosedive and things go south at least i can take care of you myself can, that's right <laughs> and i'll have a trade you're more prepared <laughs> than any of us you can right? make your own nails too <laughs> that's right make some own nails i'll be i'll be in demand right so how uh how well attended or did the college the students at the college did they come to visit the center or not Yes and no. Okay. Um, See, that's a problem. They should all go through it. it, it they should. They should. And um, but you know, it's it's it comes and goes in spurts. Sometimes we'll have you know we'll have a semester where we may have um, you know a couple hundred kids, mm -hmm. um, you know, throughout the semester that just come by, you know, and 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 do this. Our recruiting office is doing a great job when they're when they're bringing students on campus saying, you know, hey, the Heritage Center's here, be sure to go by and visit. So we're starting to see a little bit more increase. Um, the sororities and the fraternities have started using, you know, coming over to as part of their new yeah. new thing. So, well, um, um, you know, and uh, it, it needs to be, but like I said, I, I think when I talked um, a while back, you know, it's our bread and butters are, are school age kids. Yeah, um, younger kids. Younger kids, and, uh, and it fits into their curriculum. Yeah, I, well, I think there should be a curriculum what do I know? But at LSU, <laughs> no, I think you're. I that, think you're spot that on. That should uh, mm. incorporate this and that be part of you know learning history for right. heaven's sakes. Just make it part of it. Right. Walk over. Walk over for, for even just for that hour. Yeah. You know, for class time and yeah. come over and just you know. Well, look at all the things you can teach them. I mean, just the blacksmithing thing. I bet none of those kids that go to LSUs have any idea what that's about. I, I've I probably in the last, well, let's just say this, when since Forge and Fire came out, the TV show, mm. I've had more college oh, yeah. guys oh, yeah. come over wanting, you know, because mm. they'll, they'll, they'll drive by and say there's a blacksmith shop and they see me over there working or they see smoke coming out of the stack. Mm. You know, they're like, oh, I didn't know we had a working blacksmith shop here on campus. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, been that's a, a competition show on A&E. People build different things. Knives or whatever, right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, so, that's you know, cool. and, and, that, and that's great. And, you know, and we, we try and I, and I, you know, I, one of the best advertising tools I have on campus to get interest from students yeah, I as I walk around campus yeah. fully clothed and dressed, you know, yeah. and just, you know, and I, I go and I queue up at the, at the port for, for, for lunch or something, you know, and you can get the, yeah, you could kind of get the look, you know, mm -hmm. and it allows me to turn around and go, oh, you're looking at my admiring my outfit or whatever. I'm the director of the Pioneer Heritage Center. Here's my card. Come see me. And I do that That's at fun. Walmart and everywhere else. Have, too. have you thought about doing or do you do like uh, Instagram shorts and TikTok? So that, and that is sort of on thing? our agenda. I'm, I'm glad you brought mm -hmm. that up. That is on our agenda. We're going to be looking at getting some um, uh, this year, buying us some some GoPro camera tile cameras or whatever and doing um, mm -hmm. 
doing that's a good idea yeah doing social, you thought of it yeah doing doing snippets and things <laughs> um you know just just to help promote um you know the heritage center you know whether it be you know just a quick and easy you know 15 minute here here's how a nail was made here's mm -hmm. how we have yeah. a work we have a working kitchen too so i, I can cook out of the fireplace don't you have a, there, I mean, sure there's a video department at LSUS, isn't there? I mean, like video students, mm -hmm. you guys could work together. Right, that would be a great, that'd be a great conjunction thing When you thing mentioned that working kitchen and the general store, I, I just like maybe you could turn those into actual functional things where kids could come in and like purchase things. Yeah, so we, we, we have a lunch or something. We've discussed that Ooh, as well, um, you know, going, going with some, some, some sellable items uh, in mm -hmm. the, um, and, you know, in the, in the, in the general store, you know, even if it's just, um, you know, candy, you yeah. know, stick candies yeah, yeah, old, and uh, uh, peppermints and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the cooking thing has, has become, you know, since um, the world has changed so much with gluten allergies and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, kids That's being true. allergic to this, Ooh. that, and the other. You know, I can't cook biscuits and serve sorghum syrup. I did that when I first started 23 years ago. You did? I cooked biscuits and we served biscuits and homemade butter and syrup. See, I think that's a great idea. Was there ever a problem? Yes. There was. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of a lot of kids yeah. are in gluten these okay. days. Biscuits well, are a gluten beast. Yeah. Well, see, I, I've never had that problem, so I don't uh, know. I don't know. It's just yeah. not there's just not, problems, There's, not, not, there's problem. not any foods I don't think I'm allergic to. <laughs> I just like, well, I, did these problems exist back in the pioneer days? And if so, how did the families get around You know, that's always mm. been a great question. People have asked me that a lot of times. They're like, mm -hmm. well, did people suffer from allergies back when? And it's like. They must have. They, they, mm -hmm. they, they. They had to have, um, you know, like I know, like my grandfather, and I just and I use my grandfather because I remembered interviewing him. You know, he suffered from hay fever, so that's an mm -hmm. allergy, you know. And sure. of course, but he just, I mean, sweat rag, snot rag, and just worked through it, you <laughs> know, know, blowing nose and yeah, just worked yeah. out, you know, because they were baling hay and doing everything else. So yeah. I mean, how how much of that could you kick up? And well, breathe, you ever right? seen yeah. pictures of those folks when they were forty years old? They looked like you yeah, know, that they was did it. Life weathered. expectancy, yeah. and that was allergies. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Have a, you yeah. have a doctor's office too, right? We have a doctor's office, which is uh, which is <clears throat> one of the cooler buildings. I mean, they're all cool buildings, but that, that's one of the cool ones because the medical auxiliary was involved with that pretty early on. So we got some really cool stuff in there. I was gonna say, maybe you and could yeah. have like a doctor come in there sometime. We've had know. that. We had uh, my friend um, uh, uh, Michael, um, who was I worked under. It's funny, I worked under him when I was first learning how to blacksmith because he was a master farrier. Um, so he shooed horses. Wait, I, I've heard that. Okay, is that what that is? Yes. Okay. So he was shooing horses um, to pay his way through college, finished his undergraduate, and then went to med school. Um, and so I had him come a time or two and, and do things, yeah. uh, you know, because we have a lot of uh, medicinal boards, so we have a lot of uh, all the herbal remedies and things that they used to use mm -hmm. in there. So he would come and talk, um, you know. I think these things are all great. Yeah. I, I really do. I love, I love history. I remember trying when my daughter was in high school, trying to help her study for her American history mm -hmm. test. The uh, textbook was so uh, dense. I mean, like every sentence was like important, I thought. And like, how do you study for this? Because mm -hmm. you, you yeah. couldn't possibly absorb all of that. It's tough. And, that, and, that, and, and I was telling my girls, um, I have two daughters, one in high school, one in college. And, you know, and my oldest is majoring, uh, double majoring. She's majoring in history is one of her majors. And, um, you know, like her dad, she doesn't want to make any money. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, but, uh, but I told her, you know, when you did, I said, look, I said, you know, I said, you know, with these classes, it's going to be, you know, they're going to be kind of case specific. A lot of them, you know, it'll be American history from this point to this point, or Civil War history from this point to this point, or mm -hmm. European history. You know, and I said, you know, I said, just you're going to have to find your your niche. I mean, I I was mm -hmm. one of those. I thought I can learn it all, and my brain. Mm -hmm. 
Excuse me, my brain is not one of those. I don't learn it all that way. Yeah, well, so, you know, but I found my passion being... Here's another example you know, over here. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my, my, my passion being um, the westward expansion in the U.S. and pioneers. I mean, and, and a part of that, I think, is because of my grandparents. I mm -hmm, mean, they, sure. you know, they, they, they moved a lot and did whatever, and, and their families before them did that. So, um, so that was kind of my niche. So, okay. Listen, well, Marty, you're super knowledgeable in this niche. Niche? Niche. I, I always say niche, but um, this niche. You know, I'll go with Jeff. Um, <laughs> what do I know? Has, has anyone asked you a question though that you just went, "Wow, that's a good question." That what's a good question that someone's asked? Because I would imagine people coming in there are new to this subject matter. Yeah. So um, as far as like a, 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 a just a specific pioneer question, um, most of the time I can, I can, I can at least ballpark an answer mm -hmm. and i don't mean make an answer up i mean ballpark it where at least i can get close close yeah. mm -hmm. um the one that stumped me the most was we were <laughs> talking louisiana purchase and i always say you know it was you know eight hundred twenty-four thousand square miles of territory you know this mm -hmm. that, and the other and i said in the breakdown was they paid four cents an acre for it blah 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 blah, blah. and we're doing a tour and this little boy's Hand goes up as soon as I throw some numbers out. <laughs> his hand goes up, and he goes, um, "How many acres is that?" And then he goes, "And how many square feet is that?" <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I was like, "Well, buddy, that's that, a great question, yeah, yeah. and that is mm. one Mr. Marty has never had to look up." Let so me I said, get my I, calculator will, <laughs> "I will do what I can. I can do." And I said, "And I promise you that." Um, if I don't have an answer for you by the end of the tour, I will email your teacher. <laughs> there, there you go. And uh, and I and we're really good. Deborah and I both are really yeah. good about trying to trying to get answers because I mean, people are curious. And if we can't answer one, I mean nobody can know it all. Of course not. Um, uh, and now there's lots out yeah. there that can pretend to do that, but yeah. you know. Right, right, right. So um, so you know, luckily with the now with the smartphone, when I got done with my two portions and Deborah mm. took over, <laughs> I pulled it out and started, you know, doing you some calculations and doing yeah. this and somebody had figured it out, so I was able to tell yeah. them before we left. All right, we're down to our we're actually we're out of time here. So okay. if somebody wants to get more information on your center or get in contact with you, how do they do it? So they can call our office direct and that number's three one eight seven nine seven five three three nine. Okay. They can email me directly. That's Marty, M-A-R-T-Y dot Young, Y-O-U-N-G, at LSUS dot E-D-U. Okay. Um, they can go through the LSUS website, too, um, to, to, to get that information. And, uh, and you don't have a separate website or anything? Just no, it's under, you can go to LSUS, okay. and then you can type up Pioneer Heritage Center, and it'll bring up okay. um, some right. information there. And then um, if they want to get more information and talk to me directly, um, October 14th, we have our annual Pioneer Day. Um, open house on nice. that Saturday, okay. 10 to 3, okay. so that people, folks can come out and they can Very good. see everything. Buildings will be open, all kind of crafts people there doing all kind of folk skills. So Okay. Well, so, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you all for having me. I've enjoyed right. it. Good Anytime. Stuff, yeah. Marty Young from the Pioneer Heritage Center on the campus of LSUS. You should take advantage of that. Uh, history yeah. is a great thing. Thanks for being here. You can uh, be sure to check out uh, Good to know Shre uh, Shreveport Bossier, wherever <laughs> you get your podcasts, and clearly I look at him a lot. So <laughs> you can watch the video version at ktbs.com. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>